0: Will Carnell Williams get his first SEC win as head coach? How crazy will Jordan Hare Stadium be? Who's going to start a quarterback for AM? This matchup is crazy.
1: Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day,
0: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn and Locked On Aggies, little Locked On crossover action. I'm Zach Blackerby, Joey X. What an interesting matchup this is, Joey. Going into this, going into this season, if you would have told me both teams are going to be three and six, Carnell Williams is going to be the head coach going into this and uh, people are going to be talking about spending 90 plus million dollars to buy out Jimbo Fisher. I, I would not have believed you.
1: Not for a second, not for a single second at all. It's uh, it's been a quite the whirlwind of a season um, for both fan bases and both programs for sure, but uh, could could not have seen this outcome coming at all.
0: Yeah. So I, I think the most interesting thing about this from the Auburn perspective and and I guess it's interesting from from both sides. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, Joey. But despite both teams essentially being out of everything, like I, I think it's very unlikely for either team to make a bowl game. Obviously, whoever loses this isn't going to make a bowl game. This is a very jazzed up matchup. I mean, tickets are really really hard to get. Carnell Williams, you know, making his home debut at Jern Hair Stadium is a big big part of that. But the energy around this place is pretty wild considering all the circumstances. Are you getting the same kind of feeling on the a and side?
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy how much excitement a matchup between two pretty bad football teams at this point can generate. And right. I think that's, that's sort of where it comes from is, you know, both of these teams are not used to being in the basement of the conference, right. Sure. Or especially. And so this opportunity to, you know, it's the lat you got to win out to make a bowl game. I know a and has, has LSU hanging out at the end of the schedule that will make that whole process pretty tough, but this is right. sort of the last gasp of hope for both of these teams. Can they put together a little bit of momentum towards the end of the year? But yeah, there's a lot of energy going around, and it, uh, it's exciting, and it's good, you know, from our perspective, we, we've, we're we going to be here one way or the other. So it's good to have some energy and have some fun, storylines nice to talk about.
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasant surprise, I think, with like, oh, okay, good. There's another relevant home SEC game from the Auburn point of view, and obviously Texas A&M, uh, the storylines circling around that program are super interesting. But yeah, I mean, obviously, Joey, we kind of already said it, but the biggest storyline I'm looking at is Carnell Williams. Can he get a win against an SEC team as a head coach? I don't know how many chances he's going to get to do that after the season. Uh, the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa is looking tough for later this year. So, I mean, this is yeah. it, right? Yeah, this is it. absolutely. And our friends at Online have Auburn as a slight favorite, opened at 2.5. It's now 1.5. We'll talk more about that line in a moment. But to me, that, that, that's the biggest thing. What, what's the biggest storyline for Texas A&M going into this matchup?
1: For the Aggies, it comes back to the quarterback position, just like it has all year long. Yeah. Um, at one point in the preseason, one of the news outlets said that the most important player in all of college football was who was going to be A&M's starting quarterback. Uh because because with the right guy they could have been you know a a contending team for the sec west and with the wrong guy they could be where they are right now or with the wrong confluence of events they could be where they are right now and so connor wigman appears based on one and one and a quarter of games he has the opportunity to be that guy and unfortunately we didn't get to see a follow-up performance last week because of the flu that went through the a&m program and took six guys out of that game against florida Mm. um but uh but if Connor Women comes out and plays like he played against Ole Miss, against Auburn, I think A&M fans feel pretty good about their opportunity to go win this game and about their opportunity and their what, what the program's future looks like. It'll do a whole lot for Jimbo Fisher, too, in terms of the future of the program and recruiting and all that kind of stuff, if they can put together a few solid offensive performances in a row.
0: Joey, educate me a little bit, and a lot of the Auburn folks watching and listening. Why did it take so long for him to get a shot this season? Well, I think it was...
1: A couple of things that went into it is Haynes King has kind of been Jimbo's guy. He's yeah. been in the program for th- – this is his third year in the program. He was named the starter last year and got hurt basically a game and like one completion into the second game and then, of 2021, and they came back. They brought Max Johnson in as sort of the veteran transfer, and there was, those two were the guys that were really in the quarterback competition to start the season, and Haynes won that competition. Um, and then choose two, two games into the year, they lose to Appalachian State. The quarterback plays clearly a problem, but they go they make the move to go to Max Johnson. Veteran presence, they're they're really looking for some stability and some and some consistency at that point. And then a couple of games later, he gets hurt, and they're then they're looking at a the next game is on the road at Alabama. So are you really going to toss a true freshman out in their sure. first game on the road at Alabama? Um, and then Haynes King plays pretty well in that game. And then they have a bye week. And so Haynes sort of earned the right start that South Carolina game with the way he played against Alabama. And then he, and then Haynes gets hurt against South Carolina. That's when Connor Wigman shows up. He's the guy the next week and has one of the best quarterback performances a an and player has had in close to a decade.
0: So. Yeah. When you were previewing this game before the season started, were you guys calling it like the Zach Calzada Bowl? Or we called it maybe a potential Zach Calzada revenge game. And, you know, obviously he hasn't played.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, it's almost unfortunate for Zach, right, is he totally. he had the opportunity to play last year and put some things on tape that, you know, showed who he could be as a player and probably would have had some opportunities to play at different places this year, and just wound up at Auburn where he got beat out for the job, and, and it's been unfortunate for him to not have that chance, but hopefully he'll get the opportunity at some point down the road, but, but yeah, it, it was one of those that we were hopeful that, that Zach would have the opportunity to play and that we'd get the chance to see him this week. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think a has, you know, at least for most of this season has had enough of their own concerns to worry
0: about. Yeah, that. for sure. For sure. And, and the irony, right, is Auburn hurt Calzada's shoulder and he's still battling that right. shoulder injury after transferring to Auburn. So that, that's just right. kind of wild, a wild thing. One last storyline. I want to sprinkle into this. We're going to talk about individual matchups that we're looking at for Saturday's contest, but if Auburn wins on Saturday, does Jimbo get fired?
1: Oh, see, I'm sort of of the belief that I don't think they'll fire Jimbo. I think they'll make a lot of changes around him. Yeah. And I think there will be an emphasis placed on, hey, you got to go to the portal and you got to get some guys who could come in and be difference makers right away because they have played like 30 true freshmen this year already. Um, well, I think mm-hmm. they have played about 22 true freshmen and about 30 freshmen, including registered this year. And so, like, last game they had 20 guys out between suspensions, injuries, and illness. They were yeah. missing, like, 20% of their program last week against Florida. And it wasn't, like, the bottom 20%. It's A lot of it's the starting quarterback Starters, and, right. and five-star recruits and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's been a war of attrition this year, and I think that's the way that he'll sell it whenever he goes to, you know, to the athletic director and to the boosters after the season. I think it would be really tough to see them fire him in season um, – because of the money and all that kind of stuff, but if you don't sure. if you don't have a if you don't have an option already sort of on the table, um, which would be hard to do in season, it's hard to make that sure. decision to spend that much money without something sort of concrete there as the backup.
0: Yeah, and I think Auburn doesn't want him to get fired because right now Auburn's the best job open. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and if Texas A and M comes open, uh, there's a lot of oil money floating around over there. You know, and, yes, and I, I think I think A and M would probably be able to attract a little bit more. Uh, pop than Auburn so um, it's kind of weird like you want Auburn to win but like please don't fire him please don't fire him yeah absolutely yeah for sure (laughs) All right, we're going to dive into some individual matchups what does Auburn what does Texas A&M need to do to win the game this Saturday Joey things are crazy right now with the economy look inflation has us thinking about different ways to cut back can you imagine going to the gas pump and paying for gas and not getting cash back instantly. Can you imagine that? I can't.
1: I honestly can't. And it's one of those things that I used to not be the guy that would hunt for the lowest price on the on the signs. But as I get a little older, I'm, you know, picking the the gas station on the side of the road that's a few cents cheaper. And, you know, and when you have the opportunity with our friends at Upside, you get the opportunity to get that lower price at the pump. But sometimes you pick the higher price because you can get more cash back to make up for it.
0: That's right. That's right. To get started, all you have to do is download the free GetUpside app, and you can use our promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim the offer or whatever you're buying at Upside. It's a very easy-to-use app. You snap a picture of the receipt to prove that you buy it, and then, boom, like magic, Joey, uh, you get cash back. Sometimes it's a few hours, sometimes it's a few days, depending on what the deal is. But download the free upside app today. Use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase and start getting cash back today. Use promo code LOCKED. Joey, I I think the most interesting part of this matchup on Saturday that I'm looking at is can Auburn do what they need to do to keep their offense on the field? And that's run the football with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. We saw them do that a lot against Ole Miss. We saw them do it a little bit more in the second half against Mississippi State. Again, they probably should have won this past weekend. Look, Tank and Jarquez are the two best offensive players, and the ineffectiveness of the offensive line in front of them has really, really limited their production. So, like, their stats aren't super great, Joey, but we both know how good both of these running backs are.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's the the biggest area, at least in terms of when Auburn has the ball, Sure. That, that I have of concern for me, too. And that's part of that goes to the fact that over the last two games, AM's given up somewhere in the neighborhood of 681 yards rushing between the two games like that. Something nuts. It's not good. It's it. Yeah, not that, good. that should not you should never see that number in two games. But it, it's just been absolutely terrible in the run game on defense for the Aggies. And it's been the defensive line. It's been the linebackers haven't been good. Yeah. They're, they're missing a couple of guys over the last couple of weeks in the secondary that have been really good run support players. And I think DJ Durkin has sort of taken the approach of, we're going to play lighter boxes and allow our secondary guys to come up and make tackles, but we want to try to make teams run on us. And they in the first part of the year, they were really good with that support coming from the secondary, and it, right. just, hasn't, it, it just hasn't come over the course of the last couple of weeks. There's been tons of missed tackles. And uh, it hasn't been pretty for sure.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question is like, why is it bad? Because it's not talent. And, and, you know, last week, like you said, they were missing some guys. So that certainly could have been part of it. But is it a scheme thing? Are they just getting pushed off the line? Are they missing tackles? Is a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I I bet if you go back and look at every play, it's something different on almost every play. It's a it's a defensive lineman. There was one play. I'm sure coaches love that. Oh yeah, because it's not one thing that you can just harp on, right? Yeah, it's, right. It's okay. This play, the defensive lineman stunts the wrong direction when everybody else is, you know, slanting yeah. to the right. One guy slants to the left, and now the the a gap is eight yards wide, and the guy's just mm-hmm. cruising through it. And then the next play, the guy, the linebacker doesn't read the zone read right, and now the quarterback's out the gate for a sixty yard touchdown on the next play. And it's, it, and then the the safety doesn't come up in support like he's supposed to on the next play, or he misses a tackle and. So it's just a lot of everything. And, you know, we've blamed a lot of things in, in Aggieland on attrition and on youth this year. So those those are sort of the default excuses for, for when things go wrong, What what's causing it.
0: Yeah, and, and as far as Auburn's running game, Tank and Jarquez, they're going to be solid. But the offensive line has had some shakeups, right? Their, their starting center was Nick Brahms. He missed all the season. He kind of retired from football before the season started. Their backup that replaced him, has been hurt. So they moved a guard to center. They've been kind of having this revolving door at the two guard situations. The tackles have been okay. Not good, but probably the best part of the offensive line. But that is a very low bar to set, Joey. (laughs) And then Killian Zaire, the the Juco transfer from a few years ago at left tackle. He's probably been the most solid piece on the offensive front. Brian Harson said that of him a few weeks before he got fired. And then the right tackle for most of the season has been Austin Troxell. And he got hurt against Mississippi State last week, so he's out for the year. So um, another JUCO guy, Brendan Coffee, will probably start at that right tackle spot. Um, when he engages with his guy, it's pretty good. And there's a lot of plays where he like isn't always engaged with his guy, and it's like, come on, dude, block somebody. So um, th- that that's kind of the storyline there as far as why Auburn's offensive line has struggled. I don't think it's all talent. I just think it's a unit. They're not super great. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with that matchup. All right, Joey, when and m has the football what matchup are you looking at
1: you know I, it's a sort of a similar matchup but in a different context and it's okay. it's back in the trenches I like to talk about trench play because it's really important and it's the am offensive line and you talk about everything auburn's been through in terms of attrition there yeah um, the the guy who is am starting center coming into the season uh, mono and fall camp missed the first two games of the year came back was you know played admirably but was clearly not hundred percent and then after playing two games, he got hurt. And then, so they're on their backup center. They're on, I think, their fourth left guard. They had a, a true freshman left guard that played his first few snaps against Alabama, got some more against South Carolina, and was really the starter against Ole Miss. He caught the flu, missed the game last week too. So they, they've had they've got a lot of youth and a lot of instability, especially on the interior of the offensive line on that left side. Uh, the right side's been okay. Layden Robinson and Ruben Fathery have some – some continuity over there they've been there together for for at least a year um but it's really from the center to the left side and the left tackle trey zoon he's missed a couple of games due to injury like they pretty much all have on this point yeah he's been he's been up and down too he's a he's a redshirt freshman so uh just again tons of youth tons of inconsistency and attrition up front and they just have not dealt with moving fronts very well at all and so i worry about about auburn's ability to put pressure on Connor Wigman when he's in the pocket or especially if Haynes King winds up having to play again, he can't, he can't deal with pressure at all. Like he, yeah. they put up 24 points against Florida in the first half, Florida cranked up the pressure in the second half and he just completely melted and they got sacked, sacked twice, fumbled twice on back-to-back drives and the offense just melted down because he can't handle pressure. So if, if Auburn's able to put pressure on, on the AM quarterbacks, they can really neutralize a lot of the. They do have some some pretty decent playmakers in in wide receivers and, and sure. the running back, but um, but if AM can't protect, then it all it all sort of gets wasted because you can't you just can't get the ball out. And that's it seems like that's sort of one of the strengths of the Auburn defense is the ability to put yeah. pressure on the quarterback. And so if they if they're able to do that consistently, it's going to cause problems for an a And M offense that hasn't been consistent at all all year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Derek Hall has been a solid, solid piece of this Auburn defensive front for the last two seasons. And he, uh, I mean, he's a team captain for a reason. You know, he really believes in, in, in what this defense can do up front. And then the other edge defender was Ekuliotta. He was a Northwestern transfer. He was having an incredible year, arguably better than Derek Hall. And then he got hurt. He's out for the year. So he'll probably go to the NFL draft after this season. But Uh, another transfer that came in, I believe he's actually a grad transfer is his last year of eligibility. His name is Marcus Bragg. He came from Western Kentucky and Joey, when when he committed, I I watched his tape and I did a full show reacting to it. I'm like, eh, okay. Like maybe he's the fourth (laughs) or fifth guy. Joey, he has come in and he has been a great piece to this defense. I I think he's been really, really good. Um, Not great at stopping the run, but as far as like pursuit and penetration and impacting the play, he's, he's been great. So, Keep an eye out for Marcus Bragg. Colby Wooden, arguably the best player on this defense. He can play defensive end. He can play the three technique. He kind of moves around. And then Marcus Harris is a grad transfer from Kansas. This is his second year in the program. He's um he he's a pretty good defensive lineman as far as engaging in the pass rush and also pretty effective in stopping the run. So um, those are kind of the four names that are going to be running after whoever's a quarterback for Texas A&M. And all four of them are pretty solid, Joey.
1: Well, yeah, that's uh, that's not a great recipe for A and M because, like I said, they've they've had some trouble, especially when teams can get pressure with four. Like it, it causes issues yeah. for everybody, but especially when you've got a young quarterback and young receivers and and a relatively complex offense that deals with a lot of reads after the snap. If you got a, if you've got a defense that can put pressure on you with four, it causes a lot of problems. And so, uh, so it's not a great recipe for A and M uh, to know that Auburn has that ability to to heat you up with just four guys without bringing pressure.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, though. The second level is the weakness of this defense. I think the DBs have played pretty well. Some injuries back there, right? Um, One of Auburn's main guys missed Mississippi State. We'll see if he plays against Texas A&M on Saturday. But uh, the linebackers, which we all thought would be a strength of this team going into the season, has not been that. Owen Papo, it's his second straight year of being a team captain. He's Auburn's highest-rated recruit on the roster right now. I believe he's the only five-star. And he just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, he's never really turned the corner. He got injured last year. Um, just hasn't ever really looked the same. And so the guy next to him, Cam Riley when he's healthy, but that's kind of been a revolving door. Wesley Steiner had one of the worst performances in a very short stint that that I saw uh, covering Auburn last week against Mississippi State. So we'll see how much action he gets, but that's a concern. The linebacking core is a concern. So, Mississippi State went after it early last week. I'm curious to see what Texas A&M does with that.
1: Yeah, A&M has uh, Devon A-Chain is the A&M running back, and he's you know one of the best running backs in the country. And it's unfortunate yeah. that he's kind of been you know locked down in this A&M offense. That's he's basically been the entire offense for most of the I season. Understand uh, and, that? And it, he's a he's a weapon in the passing game just as much as he is in the running game. So that's probably an opportunity that they'll see to be able to take advantage of. And the funny thing is, Florida did the same exact thing to A&M's. Second level players, because that's really the weakness of the A and M defense as well as the linebacker. And Cooler use, running
0: back name, Joey Devon A. Chainer Tank Bixby.
1: Oh, I think you got to go with Tank. Like the Tank I, is just like, especially when your coach's name is Cadillac. Like it doesn't that's, get that's any better cool. in terms of running back names for them. That
0: that's pretty cool. What uh, what's the best name on the Texas A and M roster?
1: Um, there's a. Freshman defensive back whose name is Smoke Bowie. It's not his real first name, but they hit everybody, you know, even like twenty four seven and stuff like that calls him Smoke Bowie. So that's that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. good one,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just lost a Smoke Monday to the NFL. Yeah, so. yeah, I um, remember
1: Smoke in the in the draft.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty stinking cool. All right, let's go over what the line is for bet online and what our picks are for this weekend, right here on this locked on crossover with locked on Auburn and locked on Aggies. Joey, can you imagine placing a bet anywhere other than Bet Online? Because I can't. It just doesn't I, make sense to me.
1: I can't. It's it's the number one place for sports betting information, stats, news, analysis, all of it. It's a
0: place. And just the, the mobile website is so easy to use. It's fast. Question. Do you want to place wagers on a website that takes a long time? Yes or no? Absolutely
1: not. It's no. it's like, you, you, you know, you just can't do something like that when there's a delay possibility. You know, the line changes between the time when you when you click the click to place mm. the bet and when mm. it actually goes through, you just wind up in all kinds of trouble. with it.
0: Yep. Yep. Bet online. You don't have to worry about that. Bet online. Exactly. You can head to their website today. Use your mobile device. to Learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, Joey, our friends at Bet online. They've got the line now at the time of us recording this and it may move closer and closer to a push as game time approaches. But. It's currently Auburn minus one and a half. I believe it opened at Auburn minus two and a half. So it's slowly moving to Texas A&M's favor. This is Auburn's first time being favored in a month, Joey. I was a little surprised when I saw the line. What was your gut reaction when it came out?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it sort of makes sense that it's really close, right? It, it's two, like I said, two really yeah. bad football teams right now that are going through all kinds of stuff. We, How many times have we said the words, that guy's missed some games due to injury. We don't know if that guy will play because he's been hurt. The whole you know. show, right? Exactly. It, over and over. And so it, it just makes sense that these two guys, that these two teams are extremely close in terms of what they've done this season, how disappointing they've been this season, and it just makes sense that when they take the field, that it would be you know a point, a point and a half, two points from one another whenever they get there. It's interesting An-
0: that- another interesting thing looking at the lines uh, over here at Ben Online is the over-under was originally set at 50 and has now moved to 48 and a half. So Vegas slowly getting less and less confident in both teams' offenses.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you know, A&M has only scored more than 24 points twice all year. One of them was against Sam Houston State, yes. and the other one they lost 31-28 to, to to Ole Miss. So anytime you see a line north of 50 for a or at around 50 – Whoever it is, is predicting AM to lose because they don't, AM can't score points in chunks. And so if if the line is shifting towards AM from a point spread standpoint, it absolutely makes sense that the point total would creep down too, because what it really feels like they're expressing is more confidence in AM's ability to stop the other team.
0: So who do you think is more likely to score 24 points on Saturday? I think I'm leaning Auburn there.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Just because. Am just has not been good at putting the ball in the end zone all year long. I mean, or, they, they just haven't. Like, and so it's just been it's been so tough to watch, just to be honest with you, because it's just been bad offensive man. football for most of the year. Yeah. Um, and there was there's a little bit of life against Ole Miss. You know, the quarterback comes in in his first start and throws four touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless they get that type of performance from Connor Wigman again, it they're going to wind up at twenty one or twenty four points, and it's it's going to be tough for them to score. Score more than Auburn, especially if Auburn's able to run the ball.
0: Yeah, I can't, I don't think we've mentioned him yet, but Auburn's quarterback, Robbie Ashford, was not the starter to start the year, but um, due to performance and I think some injury to, to TJ Finley, Robbie's the guy, right? And, and the team, I think, looks better when Robbie's in. So he has gotten better over the course of the season. Um, some of the veterans on the team have been really impressed with his development. He really turned it on in the second half last week. And so I I think that's also added to some of the excitement and some of the energy and, I guess, faith in Auburn's offense that they're going to be able to score um, 28 to 30 points potentially on Saturdays because of what he was able to do in the second half. Super athletic, super mobile, um, transfer from Oregon, played baseball at Oregon, a a dual-sport guy. So I'm curious to see... If he continues that trend upward and is able to do what he did in the second half, he, he had a strong he had a strong performance against Ole Miss as well. And he actually didn't look that bad against Arkansas either. The whole team did, but his his numbers were actually okay. So yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what that looks like too. And he's young, he's kind of all over the place at times when he gets flustered. So I, I'm just curious to see how he responds to all that too.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the things A&M has not been good at in terms of stopping the run is when you get a quarterback that can run. I mean, we saw what Anthony Richardson did to them last week. We saw sure. what uh, what Alabama was able to do with a backup quarterback who you know had hardly ever played. They completely shifted to a run-heavy run scheme and, and just tore A&M up uh, with a yeah. quarterback run and all that kind of stuff. So it, it'll be interesting to see if with the added dynamic of the quarterback run, um, if A&M can, can, can even attempt to hold up in this game.
0: All right give me uh, give me your pick.
1: I think Auburn's going to win. I just don't think a m can score. I think it probably winds up being a relatively similar score to most of Am's games, which is it's sure. going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 or 30 to 21 to, or 24. and yeah. so I, I think Auburn wins by a little less than a touchdown and am probably has the ball towards the end of the game with a chance to win and just can't get. It.
0: Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I'm thinking Auburn twenty-seven twenty, something, something like that. Yeah, so my, 27, that 21 right. 27 Yeah, I, I think that's about where it's going to be. Joey, for the Auburn folks watching and listening, how can they check out everything you got going on, man?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. Uh, you can find us. Uh, I've worked for uh, USA Today as well, running their Aggie site, aggieswire.usatoday.com. And you can check out Locked on Aggies at Locked on Aggies on YouTube, on Twitter, all the places.
0: And for the, uh, the Texas A&M folks that want the Auburn side of things, I write for auburndaily.com as well as uh, I put up stuff all the time. Locked on Auburn, wherever you get your podcast. For Joey and me, this has been a Locked On crossover with Locked On Aggies and Locked On Auburn.